In the rapidly changing world, healthcare needs are constantly evolving and clinicians need to find new ways to deliver care. And often the best way to do that is by looking back. Without Marie Curie, there would be no pioneering improvements to medical imaging today. If Edward Jenner didn't inoculate a 13-year-old with cowpox, there wouldn't even be a space for Professor Ian Fraser's cervical cancer vaccine. Our clinicians are standing on the shoulders of those who came before them, learning, growing and advancing. Hindsight isn't 2020. It's our future. As the saying goes, teamwork makes the dream work, and there's no truer place that that is on display than in healthcare. Working across professions, boundaries, and care settings, these services are partnering with consumers and jurisdictions to innovate care that is truly patient-centred. Cairns and Hinterland Hospital and Health Service are innovating the way care is delivered for their older patients with complex needs. Truly integrated. OpenArch provides them with the right care, at the right place, and at the right time. I have certainly been introduced to some wonderful acronyms over the last couple of days, and I'm going to give you one more for your vocabulary. OpenArch is Older Persons Enablement and Rehabilitation for Complex Health Conditions. I'll talk to you a little bit today about why we're doing what we're doing up in the far north and some of our preliminary results. Before I go any further though, I do need to thank the Clinical Excellence Division who provided us with our project funding through the Integrated Care Innovation Fund in 2017 and also the Primary Healthcare Network up in far north Queensland who continue to partner with us as we've moved from project into program delivery with OpenArch which is really very exciting for us. So the background to OpenArch, I think that we're certainly not unique up in Cairns in being exposed to the challenges of an ageing population and a rise in chronic disease. Uh, our over 65s are our highest or our fastest growing proportion of the population. But we also have a few unique factors up there in far north Queensland. We have, as you would be probably aware, quite a, a high proportion of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. And also 60% of our population are in the bottom two quintiles of disadvantage. So there's some complexity that comes there with working with, with that population. And unfortunately, we also have the highest rate of potentially preventable hospital admissions within our region. Uh, so, so we have some unique challenges and of course alongside that come challenges with fiscal responsibility I suppose. If we continue to offer our GEM services the way that we do going into the future we will need to expand that by 100% in the next 20 years which we can't really do and I don't think that that's anything that's terribly unique to Cairns either. 
The other part of the background for us, which is incredibly important, was our acknowledgement or our understanding of our fragmented system of care up in Cairns. We had a team of researchers and researcher clinicians really in 2015 do what was called the Aspire study, where they looked at the transitions of care for the older person as they moved through primary, community, hospital-based care, the different wards that they went to through one episode, one health episode, that showed us that they were having between six and seven transitions in their care experience just with one acute episode, if you like. So we knew that we had to do something about this. So the integrated care literature was telling us that really what we needed to do for the older person was to try and align health and community services. And we really needed to engage with our GPs better. We had many GPs that were part of the Aspire project who told us that they really felt undervalued in regard to the continuation of a coordinated response to care for their older persons. They needed to have better access to our geriatricians. They wanted to know more. They wanted to improve their care for the older persons. But also, there were many aspects, particularly in the aged care and social care systems, that they knew were there. They knew that they needed to access those supports for their older persons, but they just didn't have the time and knowledge to put those plans of care into place for their older person. So really our overall aim as it says up there in the screen was to align services towards community-based comprehensive and preventative care to improve outcomes for community dwelling older persons and preventative is really quite key that we didn't necessarily want to create a program that was just for our frequent flyers in and out of the ED. We didn't want to have a program that was linked to a hospital stay. We knew that we needed to engage with our GPs early. We needed to engage with our older persons early in the trajectory of their illness if we were going to make a real difference. Who are we? The picture up there shows most of our team and I think it's quite fitting that our GP and our client are in the foreground. When we talk about who our team is, our client and of course our GPs that we're partnered with are central to all of our service delivery. We also have enablement officers in our team who are either clinical nurses or allied health professionals uh, and we have the geriatrician there and 10 points to anyone who can recognise Associate Professor Eddie Strivens in the corner there who is a real passionate lead for us in terms of our Open Arch program. Our model itself is really not rocket science, if you like. What we do do is we provide preventative care closer to home for our older persons. We take referrals direct from our GPs. We provide comprehensive geriatric assessment both as a home-based response as well as providing healthy ageing clinics from the GP practice. We align specialist and generalist care, so we collaborate with our GPs. We don't take over care from the GPs, but we do provide comprehensive geriatric assessment, the medical component from the GP practice, where we're able to access the GP notes on the client so we can get a really good comprehensive background, and we write our Queensland Health Clinical notes directly into the GP notes so that there is a rapid, timely, collaborative transfer of care to the GP. 
We provide care coordination and enablement to the level that the client and their family require. So some of our clients will need one-on-one -on -one support to really establish the supports that they require to continue living at home for a period of time. And others just need to be put on the right path where they've got the resources themselves or their family to be able to put our recommendations in place. We build the capacity of primary care to look after their older person's cohort beyond those older persons that are referred to our Open Arch program. We case conference with the GP after every client consult that we have and as I'll talk about in our, our highlights or our, our results, our GPs really love that because they're learning from our geriatricians and our enablement officers on every single case that we collaborate with. We also have a culturally appropriate model of care that we work with with our ARCHOs or our Aboriginal controlled health organisations up in the Cairns region where we've done some particular programs with the health workers there, the Aboriginal health workers to upskill them in regard to accessing aged care assessment and providing supports for their older cohort. We have done quite an elaborate evaluation of Open Arch, and you'll see up there a step wedge randomised control trial. Now, doesn't that sound fancy and exciting. Now I think I was excited by that until I started to implement it and that's a whole other uh, research talk that I could give about the pros and cons of a step wedge randomised control trial but really we use that to look at our primary outcome measures of ED presentations, hospitalisation, length of stay, also quality of life and functional independence for our older person. We did some implementation analysis with our implementation partners, OSHI. We've got an economic analysis, so we're trying to see whether this program is actually cost effective or if we're just shifting costs, if you like, perhaps between um, the state and federal government. And we're in the midst of a qualitative study of client and carer experience. So we've tried to cover everything and what I can give you is a few preliminary results. So I don't think that I'm telling you anything that hopefully would be surprising. We really are seeing reduced duplication of assessment and that's particularly medical assessment. Our geriatricians really love the fact that they can see all of the GP notes and they're actually avoiding having to send clients off for scans and blood tests and things like that because they can actually see that those tests have been done in the immediate past. We're improving timeliness of intervention, as I said before, through that case conferencing collaboration and the timely input of notes into the GP records. What we're finding is that we've seen a dramatic increase in our older person's access to home supports, which you can imagine. I don't think that that would be surprising, but one of the things that was really eye-opening for us was that our older persons, these are people with complex needs who are vulnerable, who are at risk of functional decline or hospitalisation, weren't really accessing anything in terms of restorative care interventions. So chronic disease management plans are very much focused in our cohort on podiatry. And if you're not getting podiatry, you're not really getting much else in terms of allied health or any interventions to help you to maintain or indeed improve function. So we've really been able to uh, impact that by using existing community services and, and home care supports to be able to help people to improve their function uh, and improve their quality of life. 
The improved quality of life is probably a big one for us and I think that when we talk about a program such as as this, which is preventative in nature. Our preliminary results are not necessarily showing much in terms of ED avoidance, but I think that that would be expected because we're not necessarily looking at a cohort of older persons who are frequent flyers into the ED. But what we're hoping is that we're going to see some sustained improvement in that and in hospitalisation through uh, improved function, improved access to the supports that the older person needs at this present time to help them to maintain their health and keep them living at home and an improved quality of life that of course comes with that. Sustainability and transferability, when we're talking about a project now that has become a service delivery, we've been really, or normal service delivery, we've been very lucky to continued support from the PHN and from Queensland Health in the delivery of this service. We try and provide opportunities for the GPs to generate revenue, I should say, from the activities that we provide, so case conferencing is one of those. The GPs tend to do an over 75 health check with many of their individuals to try and identify whether Open Arch is the right kind of program for them and then refer on from that. And all of our GPs, we, we don't prescribe it, but they tend to do a follow-up consultation with their older patients after we've seen them as well. So GPs like that, of course, money talks. Transferability, we think that there's a lot of application for Open Arch, certainly from a hub and spoke model. We've started some service provision up on the tablelands of Cairns, which is going to be done face to face but then we're going to introduce a telehealth model with that certainly with the geriatrician input there's potential for a geriatrician or specialist and community health hybrid of this sort of model that really utilizes existing resources and reorients them towards clinics that are community facing and link directly with our GP and that's certainly uh, what we did with our geriatrician service we were already offering outpatient services. We just changed the location of those. Lessons learned. I've got the big love heart there and it is my last point, but really relationships are everything. And I've heard a lot from different presentations over the last couple of days, particularly those that are looking at collaboration or integrated care. Relationships, not only within our team and with our patients, but certainly uh, the relationships with our GPs, of course, are very important, as well as those relationships with the other community services that we work with. Finding that common objective finding that common goal and being able to be flexible, adaptable and quite creative in overcoming barriers to access for those services for our older persons. Thank you. As always, thank you for listening to our podcast and taking the time to learn about the wonderful work of Queensland's frontline clinicians. To continue the conversation, head on over to Facebook and let us know of any pockets of excellence you think deserve to be showcased. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Clinical Excellence Queensland.